0: chapter nine part three of a common story by ivan Goncharov, translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter nine part three julia leaped up from the sofa like a cat and seized him by the hand what does it mean where are you going she asked nothing nothing i assure you there i simply want to go to bed i have had too little sleep lately that's all too little sleep when you told me only this morning that you had had nine hours sleep and that you even had a headache from too much sleep unlucky again well my head does ache he said a little taken aback and that's why i'm going but after dinner you said your headache had gone good heavens what a memory you have it's unbearable very well i simply want to go home aren't you comfortable here what have you there at home looking him in the eyes she shook her head incredulously he succeeded somehow in quieting her and went away what if i don't go to julia's to-day was the question Alexander put to himself when he waked up the next morning he paced three times up and down the room i declare i won't go he announced resolutely yevsay bring me my things and he went out to stroll about the town how nice how jolly it is to be walking alone he thought to go wherever one pleases to stop to read the signboards to look into the shop windows to walk to and fro it's really very pleasant freedom is a precious thing yes that's just it freedom in a broad high sense means walking alone he tapped with his stick on the pavement and gaily greeted his acquaintance as he walked down the morskaya street he saw a face he knew at the window of one of the houses his acquaintance beckoned to him to come in he looked and saw that it was the duomo and went in dined there and stayed till the evening in the evening he set off for the theatre and from the theatre to supper he tried not to remember home at all he knew what was awaiting him there as he anticipated on his return he found some half a dozen notes on the table and a page asleep in the hall the boy had been ordered not to go away till he had seen him the notes were full of reproaches questions and traces of tears the next day he had to go and make his excuses he talked about business at the office they arrived at some sort of a reconciliation every three days the same thing was repeated in one direction or another and so again and again julia began to grow thinner never went out and saw no one but she said nothing for Alexander was irritated by reproaches a fortnight later Alexander had arranged to spend the day with friends but in the morning he received a note from julia begging him to spend the whole day with her and to come rather earlier she wrote that she was ill and in low spirits that her nerves were out of order etc he was irritated however he went to inform her that he could not stay with her that he had a lot of business to attend to oh of course a dinner at the theatre tobogganing very important business she said languidly what does that mean he asked with annoyance so you spy upon me it seems that i won't put up with he got up and was going stop a minute listen she said i have something to say i've no time one minute sit down unwillingly he sat down on the edge of a chair clasping her hands, she gazed uneasily at him as though she were trying first to read on his face the answer to what she wanted to ask he writhed in his seat from impatience make haste i've no time to spare dryly she sighed you don't love me then she asked with a slight movement of the head the old story he said stroking his hat with his hands how sick you are of it she answered he got up and with rapid strides began to walk up and down the room in an instant a sob was heard that is all that was wanting he said almost violently standing still near her you have tortured me enough i torture you she cried and sobbed the more it's unendurable said Alexander, getting ready to go there i won't i won't she said hurriedly wiping away her tears see i am not crying only don't go away sit down she tried to smile but the tears would still trickle down her cheeks Alexander felt sorry for her he sat down and swung his legs He began to put question after question to himself and arrived at the conclusion that he had grown cold and did not love julia but why god only knows she loved him more passionately every day was it not because of that good heavens what an irony of fate all the conditions of happiness were there there was no obstacle to hinder them there was not even any other feeling to draw him away yet he had grown cold oh life but how should he soothe julia was he to sacrifice himself to drag through a long wearisome existence with her to play a part he could not but not to play a part would mean every minute to see tears to hear reproaches to torture her and himself should he begin to explain to her at once his uncle's theories about the changeable nature of the feelings a likely idea she was weeping already when she knew nothing but there what was to be done julia seeing that he did not speak took his hand and gazed into his eyes he slowly turned away and gently disengaged his hand he not only felt no attraction but at her touch a cold and unpleasant shiver ran through his frame she redoubled her caresses he did not respond to them and grew even more cold and sullen she suddenly snatched her hand away from him and grew crimson womanly pride outraged self-love shame were stirred in her she raised her head drew herself up and blushed from vexation leave me she said in broken tones he went off at once without any kind of reply but as the sound of his steps began to die away she rushed after him "Alexander fedoritch Alexander fedoritch she cried he came back where are you going why well, you just told me to go and you were glad to escape stop i've no time she took him by the hand and again melted into tender tearful words and prayers he showed no sympathy in look or word or gesture but stood as though he were made of wood shifting from one leg to the other his coldness drove her to frenzy threats and reproaches were showered on him who would have recognized in her the gentle nervous woman her hair fell down in disorder her eyes glowed with feverish brilliance her cheeks were flushed her features were strangely distorted how ugly she is thought alexander looking at her with a grimace i will be revenged on you she said do you think you can so easily trifle with a woman's destiny and you shall see what i will do you will be sick of your life how consoling now to hear of your ruin i could kill you myself she shrieked wildly furiously how stupid it is how absurd thought alexander shrugging his shoulders seeing that alexander remained unmoved by her threats she suddenly changed to a gentle pathetic tone then gazed silently at him have pity on me she began to say don't cast me aside what can i do now without you i could not bear separation i should die think a little women love very differently from men more tenderly more passionately for them love is everything and especially is it so for me other women like flirtation society bustle and activity i was never suited for that mine is a different character i love quiet solitude books music and you more than everything in the world Alexander showed his impatience very well you do not love me she went on more quickly but fulfil your promise marry me only be mine you shall be free do what you like even love whom you like if only i may sometimes now and then see you oh for god's sake pity me pity me she burst into tears and could not go on her emotion had exhausted her she fell on to the sofa her eyes closed and her teeth clenched while her mouth worked convulsively she fell into hysterics an hour later she recovered and came to herself her maid was bustling about near her she looked round but where she asked he has gone away gone away she repeated dejectedly and sat a long while silent and motionless the next day note after note was dispatched to Alexander he did not make his appearance nor send any answer the third and the fourth day it was the same julia wrote to piotr ivanitch and asked him to come to her about important business his wife she did not like because she was young and handsome and happened to be Alexander's aunt piotr ivanitch found her seriously ill almost at death's door he set off to see Alexander. what a hypocrite fie he said how so said Alexander. just look at him as though it were no concern of his He does not know how to make a woman love him indeed why he's driven her wild about him i don't understand uncle what is there you don't understand you understand well enough i have been at madame tafeov she has told me all what stammered Alexander in violent confusion she has told you all yes all how she loves you you lucky fellow well you were always lamenting that you could not find passion here you have passion be comforted what did you go to see her about she asked me and complained to me of you certainly i wonder you're not ashamed to neglect her like this for four days you have not set eyes on her it's no joking matter she is pale dying come go directly to her what did you say to her oh the ordinary things that you too love her to distraction that you have long been seeking a sympathetic heart that you are passionately fond of sincere outpourings and that you too cannot live without love I said that she was uneasy without cause that you would come back i advised her not to coop you up too much to let you amuse yourself a little sometimes else i told her you will begin to bore each other in fact what is usually said on such occasions i cheered her up so that she proceeded to tell me you had decided to be married that my wife had already helped in the matter but never a word to me these women well thank god she has something of her own you can spend it between you i told her that you would certainly carry out your engagement i did my best for you just now Alexander, in gratitude for the service you did me i convinced her that you love so passionately so tenderly what have you done uncle said Alexander, changing countenance i I don't love her any more i don't want to marry her i feel cold to her as cold as ice i'd sooner drown myself than oh pooh pooh said piotr ivanitch with simulated incredulity is it you i am listening to didn't you say do you remember that you despise human nature especially feminine human nature that there was no heart in the world deserving of you what more did you say let me remember oh for heaven's sake not a word more uncle that is reproach enough what need to moralize farther you think i don't understand oh man man he suddenly began to laugh and his uncle joined in well that's better said pyotr ivanitch i said you would come to laugh at yourself and here and both laughed again but i say pyotr ivanitch went on what is your opinion now of that what's-her-name Pashenka was it with the wart uncle that's not magnanimous no i only speak of it to discover whether you still despise her just the same stop that for heaven's sake and help me instead to get out of an awful position you are so sensible so judicious Oh now for compliments and flattery no you get along and marry her not for anything uncle i entreat you aid me come don't worry i have helped you already said his uncle don't be uneasy madame tafeyev will not trouble you further what have you done what have you told her it's too long to repeat Alexander. it would be tedious but most likely you have been saying all sorts of things to her she will hate and despise me what does that matter to you i quieted her that was enough i told her that you weren't capable of love that it wasn't worth while troubling about you what did she say she is positively glad now that you have deserted her what glad said Alexander gloomily yes glad did you notice no regret no grief in her was she indifferent oh this is beyond everything he began to pace the room uneasily glad calm he repeated that's a nice idea i will go to her this instant oh here's a man observed piotr ivanitch this is the heart you may live among men you will be all right but were you not afraid of her sending for you did you not beg for assistance and now you are upset because she isn't dying of grief at being separated from you how mean i am how worthless said Alexander falteringly i have no heart i am pitiful base in spirit and all through love interposed piotr ivanitch such a stupid pursuit leave it to fellows like sirkov but you are a sensible boy you might busy yourself with something of more consequence you have done enough running after women but you love your wife i suppose yes of course i am very well suited to her but it does not prevent me from doing my work well good-bye come in alexandr sat perplexed and gloomy yevsay stole up to him with a boot into which he thrust his hand kindly look at it sir he said tenderly what blacking you can shine it like a mirror but it costs only sixpence Alexander started looked mechanically at the boot then at yevsay get away he said you idiot we ought to send some to the country yevsay began again get away i tell you go away shrieked Alexander, almost in tears you bother me you and your boots will worry me into my grave you're a savage Yevsay quickly vanished into the anteroom. End of chapter nine recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.